0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. I want to read from Romans 15 because I've been using Old Testament passages primarily for this series. I want to make sure you understand, well, Pastor, come on, it's, you know, 2022. We're reading about these guys in the Old Testament. Does this really impact my life today? Let me tell you why I do that. Let's look at Romans 15 beginning in verse number 4. Are you with me? For everything that was written in the past, okay? Why are we using these illustrations? For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, okay? Why? So that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. That's pretty important, all right? Let's look at that again. Why do we have the Old Testament that is illustrating New Testament truths? Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we may have hope. And so that's why we are using these illustrations of biblical truths to apply to our lives today. Now, what are PowerPoints? Now, I'm sure you've been here every Sunday. I'm sure you've been online every Sunday. You had not missed any one of these. But in case you're a guest today, PowerPoints. They're those moments where in our life, in, in very common places, when we're just being faithful to God, God had a divine intersection plan for us. A moment where we were just being faithful to God and the power of the Holy Spirit stepped in. Something shifted. It suddenly happened. Or they sometimes happen in in very unexpected places when you're having crisis, when you're going through a hard time, when you're just trying to survive another day. And right in the middle of that survival moment, God steps in and does an over-the-top moment for us. So we need those moments. How many say, Pastor, I love it when a PowerPoint happens in my life? Amen. When I'm just going through the motions and boom, God puts a miracle in my life. Or when I'm walking through that crisis and you know, I'm, how many of you ever? Come on, don't raise your hand. But how many of you ever prayed, God, just get me through the night? Come on, you don't have to wave that. Uh, just get me through. Have you ever been in that moment, God, just just get me to tomorrow? God, I've had a few moments in my life I would have paid people to pray for me. Have you ever had it that bad? Anybody? You, okay. okay. Let me ask one more time. Ever had one of those moments where you said? Just pray for me. Yeah, I mean, you, you, would, just to strangers, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? I need prayer. Here, I'll pay you to pray for me. Yeah. So isn't it amazing to know that in those moments, again, where we're just focused on, let me get through this, God says, oh, I've got something better planned for you right here. We're going to look at one of those today. Let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse number one. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse number one. This is such a powerful a powerful illustration of these PowerPoints, of these divine intersections, of these unexpected, over-the-top moments that God puts in our life. Now, we're going to read a lot of this chapter, but I'm going to break it into portions for us to see this. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, with some of the Meunites, came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Okay? So basically, in our terminology, everybody turned against him. All the nations around him said, let's join together and go destroy this king and his people. Verse 2. So men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It is already in Hazaz Tamar, that is in Gedai." Verse 3 alarmed, that would be an understatement, right? Would that be an appropriate response? Somebody says, you're surrounded and outnumbered 101. What do you think? He said, I'm alarmed. <laughs> Anybody ever been alarmed? Do you know Christians can be alarmed? How many of you are listening to me? Do you know we're human? How many people know Christians are human? I know you know some you don't think are, but we really are, okay? okay. He's alarmed. Do you know it's okay to be alarmed? It's what you do after that that matters. Do you know it's okay to be caught off guard? It's what you do after that that matters. You know that fear and all those feelings are, are okay. It's what we do with them that matters. So we find, he says, alarmed. Okay, understatement. But now what does he do? Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. Do you know you have that option in your life? Do you know what your worst moment, your most unexpected moment, that come-out-of-nowhere moment, when, when you're bowled over, do you know you always have a choice? How many are listening to me today? I want to encourage you. Everything today tells us we're victims. Come on. Isn't it the truth? Everybody said, well, it's not your fault. It's their fault. Well, if I'm dealing with something because of what somebody else did, and I'm then going to rely on them to do something for me, I'm in trouble. But I do face things sometimes, and so do you, that's the, re- the result of what other people have done, the result of other people's decisions. There are times we become alarmed, not because we've done anything wrong. How many are hearing me? But I have to make a choice then. And if I make a choice, listen to me, I pull myself out of the control of the moment and put myself in the hands of God. Decisions are Powerful. Choices are powerful. Do you know how powerful they are? God's desire, God's design is that you and I are free will agents. God gave you your will. God gave us a free will. That's who we are. That's how we function. That's how life works. That's how the good things happen and the bad things happen. The good news as a believer is that I have a choice. I have my will. I can choose what to do. If I keep throwing that off on other people, if I keep saying, well, I can't because you did, I'm always going to live under someone else's control. But the moment I say, you did it, but God's still on the throne. You did what you did, but I still have a choice. So Jehoshaphat says, man, that's bad. I'm alarmed, but I resolve. I love that word resolve. He said, I'm choosing to seek God. So let's watch this. He, he says, I resolved to inquire of the Lord and proclaimed a fast for all Judah the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord indeed they came from every town in Judah to seek him so what did they do we listen i am unashamedly going to connect this message to what god's doing at calvary right now okay so what did they do alarmed frightened i found that there are these moments it's it's one or two places where you're either on the verge of an incredible opportunity. How many are thankful for opportunity? Huh. We always talk about the problems. If I say, who's, who's in a crisis? But if I say, who's got a great opportunity? Well, I don't know. Come on, you're opportunity people. You're blessing people. You're God's kids. Anybody listening to me today? You woke up this morning with an opportunity looking you in the face. You woke up today with the plan of God. How many are thankful? In my mother's womb, God wrote opportunities for me. In your mother's womb, God wrote opportunities for you. Don't always, you know, if we had the discernment to catch the moment of opportunity, like we have the discernment to catch the crisis, we'd be in a better place. But we love to talk about our problems. Come on, don't shout me down. If you started, oh, woe, it's me, life groups, you'd have everybody in church want to get in one. Don't look at me like that. Hey, I'm starting a life group, and it's about how unfair life is being. Oh, I'm coming to that one. I'm starting a life group about how to pray. I'm too busy for that one. Well, come on. See, I'm going to. I don't have time to play today. I got to get this. So, so. But if we get over here, have you ever noticed? It's just like negativity is is magnetic. It's contagious. But but we as the people of God, here's here's where you make the choices. Listen to me. There are two moments where you have to choose, am I going to pursue God? Am I going to pursue God? We are so easily satisfied with the last good thing God did. Let me come over here. We are so easily satisfied with the last good thing God did. We get a little relief and we don't go to church for two months. We get one answered prayer, and the Bible collects dust. Huh? We get one little tiny breakthrough. Just got me through the night. And the next morning, you forgot you even prayed. You know, we, 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 we're out in the desert, and we get one drop of water on our tongue, and say, thank you, Lord. And we just go back to crawling and moaning, groaning. What if we got one drop of water and said, thank you, Lord got up off our face. Said if he's got a drop, he's got a glass. He's got a glass, he's got a gallon. If he's got a gallon, he's got a river somewhere. What if we began to pursue God when things are going good? Do you know the Proverb says the real proof or test of a man is in the midst of praise, not crisis. Phyllis and I have been on an airplane. It took them four times to land that plane. The winds were so hard. We were trying to come in and land. And, you know, it's, you, you feel better when the plane like, lands like this, right? But about every time we'd come to the runway, it would, it's, not, it's very uncomfortable to land when you're looking at the ground out of the side window of the plane. And I noticed that the first time we came in like this and they boarded the landing, it, it, people kind of <laughs> nervous laughter. About the third time, the nervous laughter had turned into cheese, cheese. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Lord, God. I meant atheists were praying, Father, God, in the name of Jesus. People that hated God when they got on the plane were out in the aisle. I love you, Jesus, my God, my God. Come on. Crisis isn't your test. Praise is your test. The good times is your test. Because as soon as that plane landed, it made me mad. It was Miller time all over that plane. again. Hey, give me another round. (laughs) I want to go slap everybody on the back of the head. Come on. Anybody with me? You understand what I'm saying? So there are two times you pursue God when things are going right, when the blessing is there, when the Holy Spirit is moving, when you had an answer to prayer. You're with me today. What do you do in that moment? You say, come on, let's press in. Come on, let's go for this thing. Come on, let's do this. When David was over Ziklag and the Amalekites came in and stole his family and burned the city down. The Bible said, he said, God, what am I supposed to do? And God said, you pursue them, and you're going to recover everything. You read the rest of it. They had just come back from battle. The Bible said they wept till they had no more strength or tears. But God said, go get them. And the Bible says they marched all night. And when they found them, they fought all day. But at the end of that day, they recovered everything the devil had taken from them, plus everything he had taken from everybody else. The question is... When God begins to bless us, when revival begins to stir, are we satisfied with just a little blessing? Or would we say, I'm going to pursue this thing until an awakening breaks out in my house. I'm going to pursue this thing until it shifts out of this moment. See, we get to pursue When there's nothing else but God But what about when God is moving When he is moving When the Holy Spirit is working When things are better than they have been When you're receiving some blessing I want to know what it's like When a whole church, what happened He said we're going to pray and fast And we read here in verse 4 Indeed they came from every town in Judah to seek him What if a church had three days of pursuit Instead of the elders and the deacons Came out for revival Everybody in the house came out, come on, don't shout me down what would happen if we began to realize, man that was a powerful prayer on Sunday, what would happen if I go home and pray that prayer again on Monday, and would I pray it on Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday and Friday, and Saturday not because I have to, not because somebody made me feel guilty but because I was hungry enough for God, where I said, man I've been tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, and if God did this, what else can my God do? If God saved one kid, could he save five kids? If God protected my child, what if he brought a revival in the whole school? What if school had to stop because the children were praying, not because somebody mandated it, made it, forced it, but the Spirit of God came in. What if God could find a group of people who just said, let's see how big our God is? I'd like to preach my sermon, but that's the introduction right there. They prayed and they fasted. They prayed and they fasted. They said, God, we're in this thing. Are you with me? I'm in this thing, God. They prayed and fasted. I'm asking you to take the three days prior. The pursuit is 19, 20, 21. I'm asking on 16, 17, 18. Let's fast. Let's find out. Let's move in another area. Come on, let's ask ourselves, when's the last time spiritually our walk with God jumped a level? Am I, am I an idol? Am I idling? You know, you know what I'm saying? Did, 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 am I about where I was last year? Am I about where I was two years ago? Am I about where I was three years ago? Come on, I'm so far out on thin ice, I'm going to go ahead and crack it right now. You know, a lot of people think church has got born. The church is fine. It's you hadn't prayed in enough time. I'm going to come over here. The church is just fine. You don't need another church. What you need is another encounter with God. You, you, you need to go to the next level. You need to do something. You know, it's, it's kind of like I'm going to help your marriage. You know, you, you, your, your wife used to, you'd come home from work. She met you at the door. She fixed your favorite meal. She did everything you wanted, and she doesn't do that anymore. It's because you don't act the way you did anymore. Wow. Well, I should have stayed on this. I can tell. Yeah. You don't thank her anymore. You forgot her last five birthdays. You don't know when your anniversary is. When you tell her she was pretty? When you tell her the food tastes good? When do you say, I've never seen any woman in the world that looks like you? When did you say to her, I thank God every day for you're the gift of God to me. I am who I am because you are who you are. Thank you. You might be surprised what starts happening around there. Okay, I can tell that was good. But you fast and you pray and you seek God. Listen, you know what? Listen to me. You know why we pursue God? Not because God is hiding from us. I want to help you with something. God's not hiding. Why do we pray and fast? Is it to talk God into something he doesn't want to do? No. It is, listen, I love this. I want you to get this. Praying and fasting, I really believe this, closes the gap, shifts the timing of when God's will begins to happen in your life. So, pastor, give me some scripture. I'm glad you asked me that. God told the first generation out of Israel, he said, out of Egypt, you can go to the promised land. He had them there under a year, standing at the Jordan River. And they blew it in disobedience and rebellion. They walked around 40 years and the whole generation died. When Joshua came and led them in, as soon as they stepped into the promised land, God was there. Do you realize when they pursued the will of God, they took a step that another generation missed for 40 years? God was ready. God was willing. God wasn't hiding. Remember Joshua went there to Jericho and he walked up to see it and there was the angel of the Lord standing there. Do you realize he'd been standing there 40 years? Waiting on somebody to get serious and pursue God. When I begin to pursue God, I close the gap and expedite the timing of what God's doing in my life. Let me give you another one. When Jesus was at, did his first miracle, the wedding of Cana of Galilee. You know, he turned the water into wine. Some of you never got past that. Let me go on. So he, he turned the water into wine. And, and, and the man over the, uh, you know, when, when he did this, his, when his mother asked him to listen to what he said to his mother. He looked at her and he said, it's not my time. But because you asked me, I'm going to do it. Do you hear what I just said? You may be waiting on something that God's ready to do. But you haven't asked him. You haven't pursued him. You haven't expedited the gap between where you are and the answer to that prayer. There comes this point where people begin to get aggressive in their faith begin to get hungry in their things for God and begin to say, here I am. I'm going to go. I'm going to get this. I'm going to, I'm going to move into this area. God, you've been doing this. I'm going to go for this. You've been moving in this place. I'm going to go for that. They begin to pray and fast. They begin to pray and fast. There, there, there's so many things that, that I want to say to you, but watch what happens when you begin to pray and fast. Let's go to verse 14. You begin to pursue. You begin to pursue. You begin to pursue. While you're going to verse 14 there in chapter 20, you know, why do you fast? I want to... Uh, Hey, do this. I'm jumping around. I'm hurrying. I want you to put Matthew 17, 21, New King James Version up here. Matthew 17, 21. I'm, I'm a nightmare for the media team sometimes. Somebody, how many thank God for the media team? Pray for them and pray for me. Jesus help me. Now, they've, I've given them stuff. They've had it since Wednesday, but then I get up on Sunday and okay. So look at this. Why do we pray and fast? Why do we pray and fast? Look at this. The disciples were praying, this, this boy had a demon. And they prayed and prayed and prayed nothing happened. Couldn't cast him out. Jesus comes down off the mountain. He says, oh, you little thing, bring him to me. Cast the demon out. Now, you understand if you're reading the Gospels before this time, the disciples had already cast demons out before this. That's why they said, so what happened? Well, why can't we do this? We, we, in your name, we've driven demons out. In your name, we've come back to celebrate. Remember, he told them, don't celebrate demons or subject to you. Celebrate that your name is written down in heaven. They said, we don't understand. Look what he said. Now, some modern translations don't have this verse. Look at this. However, this kind, someone say this kind. This kind. See, there's different kinds. Did you get that? We've cast demons out. What's up with this? He says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting, this kind. There are some things the devil does that are this kind. There are some things that aren't going to move that are that kind until somebody's prayed and fasted, somebody's pursued God. So I want to ask you, what about that breakthrough in our lives? What about that move of God in our life? What about, what about our family being saved? What about those prodigals coming in? What about that addiction falling off of me? What about the being baptized in the Holy Spirit? What about stepping up to that new level? What about restoring and moving back into the call of God on my life? What about a miracle in that home? Is anybody with me today? I'm going to tell you there's some kinds <laughs> that just don't go. There's some kinds that are resistant. There are some kinds that aren't going to move. There are some kinds that aren't afraid of you. There are some kinds that aren't intimidated by religion. But all kinds have to bow at the name of Jesus. And all kinds have to understand when somebody carries an anointing of praying and fasting. See, demons are, are, are entities. They're fallen angels. And, and, and they got enough sense to know, this bad boy's going to whip me. There's a lot of easier places to go. That kind. So maybe what needs to happen in the church Instead of doing all the things we do to make it work, the average Christian spends 23 hours a week online. In America. Twenty-three hours a week online. I got nothing against I mean, we got social media platforms out of our ears. I'm not against it. It's what you do with it. So we spend 23 hours a week online. A week online. You could get a college degree with that time. You could burn the eggs, and you spend 23 hours a week for a year, and you're a master chef. 23 hours a week. And about one hour a week in the Word. One hour a week. That sounds like pursuit to me. I said, Pastor, Pastor, what did you eat for breakfast today? I just want to see God's will done. I know who we are. I know what we have. I know the opportunity in front of us. And I believe that when God's people say, like we read here, he said, man, we we got an issue. And they said, come on, let's pursue God. Come on, let's pray and fast. We're not going to let this kind win the day. How many hear what I'm saying? We're not going to let this kind rob our family. We're not going to let this kind stop me from the will of God. We're not going to let this kind do it. And and what happens when you respond that way? Come on, let's go to this. I'm going to close. Verse 15, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15. Listen, what happens when we do that? He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. How many of you know what the Lord says? I want to hear what the Lord says. I heard everybody else talking. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid. Come on, listen. Are you listening to this? Or discouraged? Because of this as vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God. The battle is not yours, but God. So, 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 come on! I want to help you. I got to help you uh, finish up. So, so, listen. Tomorrow, march down against them. They'll be climbing up by here and here. Do you know? God knows where your enemies are right now. Do you know he already knows what the devil's going to do tomorrow? Come on. Do you get that? I don't know, but he knows. He already knows what the devil's planning against me. So if I'm listening to God, he's going to put me where I need to be, when I need to be there, anointed like I need to be there. So the devil walks up and I say, gotcha. See, in other words, instead of him alarming me, we need to start alarming him. The devil's sneaking around and he gets there to grab your family. And there you are. He's like, shoot. I'm going down the block for those lazy Christians. Because this kind knows. Come on, let me finish up. So watch. The battle is the Lord's, right? Too many of us quit reading right there. Come on, come on. For the battle is not yours but the Lord's. Tomorrow he tells them where to go. Verse 17. You will not have to fight this battle. Come on, hallelujah. But he says, take up your positions and stand firm. So. God's going to fight the battle. God's going to face the enemy. But I've got to do some pursuing of God. He's going to beat my enemy, but I need to seek the face of my God. If I want God to go to war for me, I need to go into the presence of God. I need to pray and fast and seek the Lord, not because I'm afraid, not because I'm trying to convince him, because I want to be in the right place at the right time. I want to see God fight my battle. If they had not gotten up and, and, and stood, they would have missed it. Come on, stand with me. I've edited all I can do. I'm Just, just stand. Let's stand. Want a worship team to join me. There's something important here I want you to see. Listen to me closely. So he says, you don't have to fight. Just go take up your positions. These are the kind of people that see God do these things. Listen to me. So that's all he told them. You'll read the rest of the narrative. Listen to me. So they said, so what happened to people believed what God said. See, they came to church and they believed that. And it said they started praising God. Now these armies are still around them. Is everybody with me? Come on, listen to me. The armies were all around them. Nothing had shifted in the natural. But they believed the word of God. And the Bible says they started praising God. And the Bible says they not only praised God, they praised God loudly. They started celebrating like it had already been done. And then the next morning, the king says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put the men out in front of the army. And they're going to go out singing. They're going to go out praising The Bible says, as they began to sing, the Lord went to work on the enemy. And then they went to where the enemy had planned to kill them. And it took them three days. The enemy turned on themselves. Come on. The enemy turned on themselves. And when they walked to the battlefield where God knew the enemy would be, they were already dead. And it took them three days to carry all the loot back to their city. And then they renamed this valley that had their uh, tombstone on it. Baraka, the place where you praise God. So, I want to tell you something. We're, we're in a place, I want to encourage you, in a time where I believe God's just saying, Who's going to pursue? Who's going to pursue? I, I, I want to go fight some battles for my people. Who's going to fast and pray? Who's going to move in this thing? Who's going to grab it as a moment? Not just er, church. No, what is this moment in my life? What is this opportunity God's putting in front of me? God's going to fight some battles. How many are ready for God to fight? and you to watch. I can do the praising and he can do the fighting. How many like that? I like that. That works good for me. Works really well for me. I'll do the praising. You do the fighting. How many like the place the devil designed to kill you turns into your big victory place? Come on. <laughs> so what if this crazy strategy of the enemy to infiltrate our schools? What if that? What if that? We confront. We pursue God. And we so pursue God that God said, I'm not going to let that go. I'm not going to let that go. And a place designed to steal the hearts of our kids turned into a place of revival. Anybody tracking with me on this? Turned into a place of holy outpouring. Holy outpouring. It's God's plan. It's God's plan. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, Please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.